Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Ed Kuhn, licensed agent of WMPG Insurance, and Dr. Samuel Augustus, managing partner at WMPG Insurance. All right, everybody, this is Alex Tiersch. Welcome to Medical Spa Insider. Uh, today, we are talking medical spa insurance, which for those of you who have been involved in the industry know is probably one of the most scintillating conversations you can have. And I say that kind of tongue in, tongue in cheek, but I will say it is a, it, it is a, um, a very important um, issue and one that we've been dealing with for a long time here at, at uh, AmSpa. Um, I've got um, um, two folks from WMPG uh, Insurance. Um, I'm going to let uh, you both uh, give your introductions and, and just a little bit about what um, what you do, what the company does, and then we'll jump in from there. So uh, let's go. Uh, uh, Dr. Augustus, you go ahead and go first. Yep. My name is Dr. Samuel Augustus, and I'm a managing partner at WMPG. Um, my main role is to really continue to take into the considerations of what's evolving in the industry, what's happening in the industry, and essentially adapting the communication, adapting the accessibility, and really just looking for solutions that are going to allow people to continue with their freedom to practice. Absolutely. And um, Ed Kuhn also joins us. Um, and you, you, you've been in the industry for, for a while. And um, let me know uh, what it is that you do for it and, and, and what you can add uh, to what uh, Dr. Samuel just said. Oh, thanks, Alex. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yes, I, I've been involved with uh, MedSpot Insurance um, since the early, I would call the early days, it's 2003, uh, when it was just starting out. And I've seen the trends and seen it, the growth, the exponential growth that it's been ex experiencing and it's very solution driven and it's very procedure driven and so we're keeping up with the procedures keeping up with the growth all the elements that are involved that have to be introduced into underwriting to keep up uh, we see uh, my principal role is uh, basically um, a licensed agent where I uh, talk to med spas on a daily basis about getting their coverage needs they're all different right. and so Trying to stay on top of that on a daily basis to get every, everyone covered is really my principal role. Yeah, you know, and I'm 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 so glad I've got you 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 both on. I mean, insurance is a is a, obviously it's a very big issue, and it's one that we find um, there there aren't a lot of. Um, agents, brokers, provide whatever you want to, however you want to call it, out there who seem to really get the industry too much. It's such an it's such an evolving industry. There's so much growth. There's so much that goes into it as far as new technologies, new types of providers. It's it's almost like a it's a moving target trying to figure out exactly what to do. Um, just just generally, I would love to hear kind of what's the um. What's your what's the biggest challenge um, for providing insurance to medical spas? And and, and then I, I, as a corollary to that, um, where do you see kind of the industry is and in, in, in respect to insurance? Where, where do you see that 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 going in the next couple of years? Is it going to get easier? Is it going to get harder? What's the what's kind of the landscape and how's that changing? Well, I'll I'll I will tell you that I would say the biggest challenge is truly the lack of knowledge or education, you know, a um, med spa owner or entrepreneur, whether, whether they're starting up and looking at this emotional buy, this decision they need to make. 
what exactly is insurance? What exactly am I getting covered for? Right. And and then for those who are expanding and constantly growing, the exposure is also growing. And they also unfortunately find out late, like, oh, this was excluded or this this didn't even count or I wasn't personally covered, you know? So there's a lot of intricacies. And what I will say, the biggest challenge uh, that we witness is somebody who says, I'm going to open up a med spa. This is it. I'm going in or I'm diversifying, whether it be a, a, a clinician or a, a nurse practitioner, you know, veering, veering into integrative wellness. The challenge is that they don't really understand how the parameters of this insurance is measured for liability and protection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in standard, standard insurance. Oh, you know, you, you're, uh, your your specialty is diabetes. So boom, done. It's covered. Oh, OBGYN. Yeah, okay. It's it's all umbrella driven. Right. Whereas in our industry, it's surplus lines, which basically says what you do is what must be covered. Doesn't matter right. if you're a esthetician, a nurse practitioner, a physician with five different specialties. What are you doing in the practice? And when you're starting up, it's overwhelming. Do I want to start stem cell therapy? Do I want bioidentical? Do I want to add a medical director? All these contemplations in the mind, the complexity and challenge starts with the individual. So really what we try to do when people come into our platform or start their journey with us is really just to take a step back, take a Mm -hmm. deep breath and say, what are you really looking to accomplish? What is your real passion? Because a lot of them say, I want to do this and this and this and this and this and this. And they want to do a lot of things. But unfortunately, there's a cost that goes to it. There's a risk exposure that goes to it. So it's like slow and steady wins that race. And essentially, a lot of what our efforts go through is to get them to deeply dive into their business plan, to deeply understand, like, this is a commitment that I'm making. Mm-hmm. So. That typically, that could be anywhere from, oh my God, I, I need insurance, I'm opening in a month, or, you know, I'm, I'm launching in six to eight months. It depends. It's, it's usually, I need it yesterday, or I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking about it. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and, and Ed, you've, as you said, you've been in the, the, the industry for, for a while. Um, it's changed so much. Um, and um, I, I'm curious, like when you look back at it and, 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 and I think, I think where, um, Sam, where, where you started is a, is a, is a good place. Like if someone just kind of comes into the, into your office and says, Hey, I need insurance. Um, what's, what's, what's the advice you can give to folks about how they should look at coverage when it comes to med spas and, um, you know, how has that changed over the years? Because I've seen, um, I've seen premiums start to rise. I feel like they're, they're getting higher back in the day. Um, they used to be, they used to be, I mean, I, they used to be very inexpensive and affordable. And I feel like it's, it's getting as the insurance industry and the underwriters get more of a handle on what's happening. And as the industry gets more mature and there's more exposure and more lawsuits and all that kind of stuff, things are changing, but what's, what's the advice, um, that you would give Ed to, to, to someone who's, who's coming in and needs to look at insurance? Like what should they be thinking about? They, they should genuinely, anyone they are sitting with, for them to understand, am I sitting with the right person? Am I getting the right coverage? One of the first things they should be asking is, 
what is your exclusion criteria? Tell me what doesn't count. Because the, a lot of them will say, anything not FDA approved is excluded in your policy. Are you kidding me? That, that mm-hmm. in itself is opens up such a probable can of worms for someone who's practicing procedure-driven. So th- this is why it's it, very important for them to go back and understand what it is they're, they're, they're doing. And then to equally, once they say, I've, I've submitted myself and committed myself to this is exactly what I'm doing emotionally, now it's time for real protection. That's one of the first questions. The second thing that is so critical, that is so critical, is just because it's not excluded doesn't mean you disqualified yourself from being protected. And what does that mean? Well, you know, uh, for example, this procedure may cause a burn. Where on your consent form, where in the education process did you walk your patients through consent? That Mm -hmm. is so critical because that ultimately is the core strength. Your consent forms are a core strength of, well, this is something that they are aware of and they still took the risk. They still understood there is risk. So a lot of what we see in pitfalls with med spas growing and growing and moving and and trying, we're trying to do 50 million things is that paperwork is horrendous. It's atrocious. Mm -hmm. Either it doesn't exist or they have some blanket form they saw at a seminar and they didn't really understand that criteria. So those two critical things, if it's anything you're going to get out of this podcast, it's what are my exclusions? And number two, where is the visibility of the consent? Where Mm -hmm. is that? And where is the confirmation of the visibility of consent? Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that I would Mm -hmm. uh, allude to. What I'd love for Ed to touch on brilliantly, he's, you know, been such a great mentor uh, through all this, Mm -hmm. is why do we have a hard market? Mm -hmm. Alex, what you referred to earlier about, hey, it used to be pennies on the dollar Mm -hmm. and now, you know, there's a lot going on. In our industry, we call that a hard market. Why? What is going on? What in the world? Why am I getting a 30% increase when I've been doing the same thing for the last five years? Great and that's what, something I really like Ed to touch on. Yeah, that's that's what's happening right now. And that, that's because the industry is expanding. And as the industry expands, uh, the adverse selection increases, and then the claims are starting to come in. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, the insurance carriers uh, do two things. Number one, they don't really tell us where their claims are coming from because that's proprietary to them. Mm-hmm. We'd like to be able to get a handle so we can relay yeah, that back I, to the I clients, would too. Yeah. but they don't really let us know that. Okay. And the other thing is they start making changes to their policy coverage. They get more rigid mm-hmm. where all of a sudden they're not going to cover this. They're going to cover this at a, at a sublimit. Uh, but getting back to Sam's point about the exclusions, it, the underwriting is very customized. Okay. Getting back again that it's driven by procedure, and what, what the the key element that you add into that those procedures that you're doing is the consent form, and that's one of the obviously one of the biggest uh, differences between general medicine and insurance driven reimbursement medicine, mm-hmm. and uh, this type of medicine is they are signing consent forms, 
the consent forms and the training certificates are really the two key defense mechanisms that they have that are different than in in regular medicine. And so those are two things that they are mandated. It's like the smoke alarm and the burglar alarm, you know, in your house. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the two things that are mandated. The consent form is very important. But the the two things uh, that Sam was talking about initially was the startups have to have a, a business plan to present to us for their starting business. And that's where the challenge is, is talking to them. Uh, I'll talk to with um, a startup right from square one. Hey, you know, they, they know that they need insurance. So they call, sometimes they call us first and we, we get them qualified and positioned, but it's really going to come down to your plan because we need you to take that plan and articulate it onto an application that we can send out to several companies because you are shopping for the first time mm-hmm. and, and get you, you know, that's where, where we need to get you covered is in that space. Right. So I, I, I have a couple of follow-ups. You said a few things that I, that I think are, are interesting and I, and I hope not just to me as a, as a recovering attorney, as I like to call myself. Um, but um, Ed, you mentioned that the insurance companies are not, you know, the, the, they don't provide information on the types of claims that they're that they're dealing with on a day to day basis, which I understand. Do you have any though understanding as to what types of claims are being filed? Is there any way for 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 you to give us insight on kind of what people are getting dinged with as it comes from, from when it comes to to lawsuits or investigations or otherwise? Good question. Uh, two things come to mind. First of all, is the the public. Uh, it, sometimes there's things that are made public, such as the recent problem they had with cool sculpting, right? Uh, where what the Hollywood actress yep. did a people magazine article that was, you know, that's directly related to our industry. Yep. So obviously we find out about that and then we sit and wait for the reaction from the insurance market. Are they going to exclude it? Are they going to restrict it, et cetera? Because okay. um, there's going to be claims inevitable on that, but really we don't see medical negligence claims. We rarely see a situation where the healthcare provider screwed up, in other words. What we see are uh, board actions because you fired me, a board action because um, I wasn't satisfied and you didn't give me my money back, so I'm right. making a board complaint. Uh, expectations aren't handled or satisfied. One of the things that in my early conversations, as we're moving clients into the insured stage, to tell them is come up with a policy for a disgruntled patient. Mm-hmm. No matter, you could have done great work and a great job. They're still not happy. How do you handle that? Do, mm-hmm. do you give them their money back? You don't give them their money back. You give them free services until they are satisfied because that's going to be the incubator for problems that could result into a claim if they're not satisfied. And th- that's notwithstanding the fact that there obviously are medical negligence um claims that are filed, for instance, like on PRP, I was aware of a claim where the, 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 the blood work got switched, mm-hmm. you know, patient A got patient B's platelets mm-hmm. yeah. and, and no one got hurt, but there obviously was a mistake made there. Uh, um, there was a claim filed. I think there was a small settlement involved. Okay. But generally speaking, it's, it's not medical damages claims. It's not, it's not negligence by the provider. It's investigations, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead, Samuel. Yeah, uh, one of the other things that's really state-driven is, you know, especially right now, we've got 
nurse practitioners freedom mm-hmm. is really opening up to practice mm-hmm. but the where it matters where it matters obviously as well is are you qualified for to 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 do right. this procedure is mm-hmm. is an esthetician qualified to to provide iv nutrition mm-hmm. right so a lot a lot of what is looked at from a technicality perspective from a liability coverage and from what opens up a claim mm-hmm. is well you're you know you're not a doctor right and you did this procedure so now it becomes a board circuit situation with mm-hmm. the board investigation and then it becomes a, an element of technicality with well what did you get coverage for with your policy right did, did you did you overreach so that there's a lot of confusion being translated from somebody going and getting training and and learning and they may have access to the training but in their state absolutely not it's it's it must be mm-hmm. a provider you know uh depending on the state you know mm-hmm. there are states that allow physician only owned practices there are states that allow non physician owned practices there are states that allow nurse practitioners to do certain procedures and they're not allowed to touch certain procedures mm-hmm. so so it's really important as an entrepreneur as a business wh- whether you are expanding to continue looking because those periodically shift or change yeah, yeah. you yep. may you may have something this year that was okay but a board ruling 3 months later puts you in jeopardy now so a lot of what people don't recognize in their emotional considerations because they're so busy mm-hmm. doing all the other things with their business is how to stay compliant how to how to how to bridge uh, a, 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 because you might just get a letter in the mail from the board saying you're yeah. not allowed to do this anymore mm-hmm. and whoever's at the front desk goes on and puts it with another pile of stuff so you have to create a metrics in your practice to understand how you're getting com- communication from the board and devoting you know at least a couple hours every quarter devoting yeah. it just to yeah. the your practice because what if especially if you're in something like stem cell and you know ongoing uh, uh civil lawsuits and mm-hmm. uh you know trade secret and and mm-hmm. patent infringement lawsuits those are the types of things that we easily overlook until right. we get the knock on the door right. our job at WMPG that's why we stand for wellness medical protection group the whole reason and basis of how we started and were founded it's because so many people wanting to do cutting edge medicine you know be it eastern or western medicine or or cutting edge like stem cell or prp were being unta- attacked because it's all misunderstood or it's new and the basis of our system our medical system is when we don't understand we must protect the public right it's not teach me show me it's not it's they are trying to do their job protecting the public well you're you're trying to do your job to improve quality of life in the yeah. public yeah yeah so 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 there is a standstill between the two and it creates this conundrum so if you really want to succeed with your practice you have to take a couple hours every quarter and just kind of understand what's going on Google search 
you know, yeah. med spa claim in your area, Google search, find, you know, look, look at, look at the board and who's up for a hearing and why do mm-hmm. not, do not be ignorant of what's happening around you because it can cost you. Yeah. Really can. And, and you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and then the next thing I want to talk to both of you about, cause I'm curious about this is, is really the, you know, like a, a denial of coverage, right? People are most terrified of, and we've seen some horror stories like this for whatever reason, a claim is submitted and let's say it's a bigger claim, like something, something happens where there's some, some real issues. Um, and because of compliance issues, be it, um, you know, ownership of the practice, um, improper supervision or delegation, improper, you know, person doing the treatment, lack of um, proper consents, as which you brought up before, or something like lack of documentation of training. Um, Is there a possibility that things that, that, that a claim will be denied or not denied, but, but coverage will be denied. And, and cause that's the thing that, 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 that terrifies people. And that when I talk to them, I say it should terrify. You don't want your coverage to be denied. Um, does that happen? And what are some circumstances that, 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 that caused that to happen? You know, I'll, 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 I'll touch on that. And okay. then I'm going to have Ed ex- expound. Okay. Um, okay. everything you listed from ownership, depending on the state improper yeah. supervision, la- lack of certification or, or training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, negligence is a tricky thing because a lot of the, the, the reason why we get insurance is to cover us, you know, to, yeah. to cover us if something happens, right? But we don't know to the extent of what kind of coverage we get. A lot of the technicality is going to be based on what I reiterate, reiterated earlier, consentful. Yep. If the consent says this esthetician is going to perform this on you and these are the things that could happen, if the consent says the doctor will be performing, mm-hmm. but no, the doctor was supervising, mm-hmm. now we're getting into a technicality. Right. A lot of what people don't understand, for whether it be uh, FDA guidance or state board administrative rules, this is a privileged practice, not a right. Mm-hmm. And in a privileged practice, how the rules are propagated are for guidance, mm-hmm. meaning that if you say on this road, it's 30 miles an hour and you put up the sign 30 miles an hour, the moment you go 31 miles an hour, is the moment that you're in breach. Mm-hmm. So your policies and your procedures are going to dictate 90% of what's going to happen after the fact of something happening, mm-hmm. especially if there's consent or not. Yeah. So Ed, a lot of it is guidance based. Yeah. So, so Ed, how often does that happen though? Like, do, do you know, do you, do you have any idea how often, coverage is actually denied i mean is that something that people should be worried about do you have any idea i i do yeah and i because i see it on the front line when as um things get reported to me either through the application process or through emails and i can kind of summarize quickly in um in in that there's probably five or six main elements that you would need to focus on number one is 
training. Make sure you have training because this is all procedure driven. Mm -hmm. So training in the procedure, Sam mentioned consent form for the procedure. Without those two things, it's really hard to defend. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You better make sure that your carrier is aware that you're doing the procedure through the Mm -hmm. application process. Or if it's if it's during the year that you I, you let them know yep. they're going to want to know three things: Were you training it? Do you have a consent form for it? And how much of it are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that is um, you know, so make sure that it, that's a disclosure issue on your application that they right. know everything you're doing. And you, take to, that. and you have to update it if you add things, right? Yeah. Yes. And and they'll match that against your website. Your website should be consistent with the application that you're telling them that you're covering. Okay. Also, medical director involvement. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear everything from the medical director's never there to mm-hmm. the medical director's very hands-on and everything in between. And then finally, you know, are you operating within where you should be in terms of your standard of care for a med spa and how you're positioning yourself and representing yourself? Yep. If you're doing something outside of that, that's going to be hard to defend as well. So the insurance company always looks at it like we're defending you. Don't make it hard for us. And if you don't tell us everything you're doing on your representations, we can't guarantee that we will cover your claim. And so they, they put themselves in a position, they, obviously they don't want to deny your claim if it's murky, but they don't want to be put in that murky position to begin with. So everything's on the applications taken literally and make sure that they understand what you're doing. Right. So yeah, that's, I mean, so, and there's a difference with the insurance company saying, Hey, this is going to be difficult for us to defend versus we're not going to defend it at all because we're denying coverage because you're not doing, you didn't do what you kind of said. You, you didn't disclose. Right. right. Yeah. That's a dis- disclosure is the, the, probably the main element. And okay. it's also getting consent forms without consent forms. Then they're really just, they're, they're looking at black or white. You're saying we'll defend you. And then they're yeah. looking at a limit loss. Or they're saying, hey, because he didn't have a consent form, he made it very clear that that was something that you needed in order for us to defend your claim and you don't have it. Sorry. You know, yeah. and you don't know which direction they're going to go, really. Hey, folks, Alex Tiersch here, and I want to introduce you to the sponsor of today's podcast, MedModel. MedModel solves one of the largest challenges in medical aesthetics today, the lack of available and diverse models to train on. MedModel provides the ability to fill training needs with specific and available models in a detailed, searchable database. MedModel is an easy-to-use tool that can grow and optimize your business in a way that's never been done before. MedModel can also be used as a patient conversion engine, bringing new patients in your practice. There's no better way to convert patients than showing them your fantastic service during a training session. The average Botox and filler patient spends about $2,000 annually on treatments, Converting just two patients per month with MedModel could mean an additional $70,000 in revenue for your practice. MedModel is currently available in the San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, San Diego, and New York. Access to their database of faces is just $75 a month. The annual cost of access is less than two vials of Botox. AmSpa podcast listeners get their first three months free with code AmSpaPod. Interested in learning more? Head to www.medmodel.com or follow them on Instagram or YouTube at The MedModel. Want to schedule a demo? Shoot them a note at info at medmodel.com. Thanks so much.
Um, and, and you know, one thing I think um, I think you mentioned earlier um, was doing treatments that are off label, right? Beyond beyond yeah. the FDA approved, um, which is you know commonplace in, in our Very industry and, and, and necessary. If you're not doing that, you're not you're not com- competitive. Um, Thousand percent. What do people need to know about that? I mean, is there that? What's the what's is the, does the risk increase or is it more just again disclosure training consents? It's it's, it's th- this is where the carrier matters. This is where who you're working with matters right there. I can't tell you enough how many people uh, after a year or two end up coming our way because they're like, I don't even know why I got that insurance. It literally right. covered nothing, and unfortunately in this market. It's very individually driven by agents. So mm-hmm. if the motivation isn't also there by the agent to disclose and it's in a packet of 200 sheets that you get in an email where you just DocuSign and you're on your way because you're busy, mm-hmm. you miss it. You miss it. So that is one of the greatest struggles that we see for existing practices that come our way. Because unfortunately, it's when you know they have a knock on the door or... They've been threatened that something may be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're, then they go, Oh my God, let me read it. Now they're on page 163 reading going, you know, just feeling extremely nauseous <laughs> going through it emotionally. Now that I don't even know what this means. And then they'll, you know, now they yeah. got to go talk to the agent who is pounding these out left and right because it's you know hey it's a thousand bucks go thousand bucks go thousand bucks go unfortunately and not to say that it's bad not to say that it's bad it's it, it's it's available because there are people that qualify but let's be honest alex what you said earlier how do we not do off label use in this industry how how yeah, is it not can't. that we're constantly inundated with new technologies and new products and new ways because our goal of the industry isn't to necessarily just survive and stay in business. So many people that dive in and tap into this want to see change. It's very outcomes driven. Mm-hmm. So when the next person says, Ooh, I tried this and it's, you know, it's an injection under the skin now. Well, it only comes orally. Yeah. But you know, here's three suppliers that do it and it's working for me. And I've got a, you know, I've got a thousand patients now. That's it. That word of mouth in our industry is so powerful that it really transcribes to so many people making decisions. But our carriers aren't prepared. They're not prepared. So Mm -hmm. if we don't have an intimate relationship between us to kind of understand, is this worth it? Prior to making a decision, then it's going to be very difficult to stay in business long-term, which is also ultimately the goal is to stay in business and prosper helping people. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we may have to wait and see, and we might have to take that approach, but that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. So, you know, one question I get, um, and, um, Ed, I I guess I'll start with you. Um, and then, but, but, but please, please jump in. Um, is, is, how much insurance do I need? People are very kind of confu- a, little, a little confused and disoriented when they when they open. They're like, okay, 
I know I need insurance. I know I need malpractice insurance, um, but they want to make sure it kind of covers everybody under their roof for everything that they're doing. And I know that's a disclosure issue, but is there, do you have some guidance for like, okay, you know, if you're going to open up, you at least need to get, you know, this dollar limit or this type of insurance. Um, you know, what are the things that they need to consider to get covered um, versus things that don't necessarily need to be covered, if that makes sense? Sure. Yeah, the um, most important thing, I, like I said before, is have a, a plan at the time that you're applying for insurance. Um, number one, uh, this is med spa insurance. It's a yeah. separate policy in class altogether. You, so you have to buy a med spa policy. That, that's going to have features in it that are specific to the med spa industry, such as built-in medical director coverage, coverage for defensive license and HIPAA that are going to be different than a specialty-driven policy. Mm-hmm. But because it's a medical malpractice product, the markets afford the full million-dollar limit for a med spa that they do for like a surgeon. You know, so that's the, um, what usually they apply and they, they get. And that's more than sufficient for the types of things that they're doing. Uh, and so that's what they would apply for. And really, you're, I'm talking about the professional liability, which is going to cover the company entity, the medical director, as long as they're a licensed physician or as long as they comply with the state. And it's going to cover all their healthcare practitioners. And the key point to be made there is, is that's a company policy for your company. You want to control that because you want to control the people coming on and off of the policy as they come and go off your business and not try to patch together with individual policies. Although I know when you hire contractors, in a lot of cases, they come with their own insurance. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally, on that note, um, to make sure that all the procedures are addressed and covered because it is procedure driven. Mm-hmm. And um, that is really going to be ultimately how, ultimately how they determine your rate. Right. Right. You know, what's interesting is I've actually had conversations with folks who are providers, even physicians who are doing things or they, they call us and they say, I want to do X, right? I want to do whether it's, you know, PRP or hormone replacement or stem cells, whatever it is. And, you know, number one, they say, well, you know, what, you know, what's, what's the kind of requirements for that? And then they, at the end, almost as a throwaway, they say, do I need to tell my insurance carrier about this? And it's almost like they're nervous to do it because they don't want their carrier to know for whatever reason. And we're always like, yes. I mean, that's the first thing you want to do is make sure they know. That's, that, that, that's correct, Samuel, right? You don't want to, there's no, there's no reason to hide this stuff, I would imagine. Listen, there, there, there's, there's absolutely no reason to hide and you're only hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. It's better to know up front than to ask when it might be too late. That's, that's one thing you absolutely want to embody as a med spa owner, as an integrative wellness center owner, as an entrepreneur, you want to know up front, always. It's better to be proactive and go, well, then this carrier is not going to suit me. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I can talk to my agent and maybe they'll shop it with three other people. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. This Allow it to be exciting, but it's, you know, the, the way you want to have a, a good attorney, the way you want to have a great association backing you like M-Spa, 
when you're starting up and you're confused and you don't really know what's going on, you really want an agent that's beside you that's going to go to bat for you. Mm-hmm. So that if there's a 50% increase or there's a technical thing, you know, that you started with a procedure that may not be worth it for you, then we could say, all right, let's update this again, send it back, tell them we're not going to do it, take it off your site. It does not, it's, it's, it is an ongoing continuity. You have to accept the fact that you are constantly going to evolve as a med spa, one, to survive and two, to thrive. And you have to also accept that the market of people wanting to come in may be very ready for you, yeah, but not your carriers, not your yeah. boards of medicine. So you, you want a partner. You, you want to look at your agent as your partner. And the second thing I really want to reiterate, touching back on uh, how much insurance do I really need, et cetera. One thing you are responsible for is who your suppliers are, because you could be doing all the right things, but if there's a product recall or, or there's something in, a, in an IV bag or whatever may be the case, you know, what did you do to limit exposure? What did you do to select? For example, stem cell. There are so many off the market, mm-hmm. black market, weird uh, 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 suppliers out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that is a responsibility as well, because if you if you go down the street, if, if your child is sick, you're not going to go to some random convenience store without a prescription, grab a drug for your child because they're not feeling well. Right. Right. It's, it's easy when I state the obvious. But now you've got several hundred people coming to your practice for something like a stem cell or an IV, uh, IV mm-hmm. solution or a PRP like you have that same type of responsibility yeah. in terms of the vendors you select and the parameters that you should understand you're committing to because that right there in, indirectly also becomes an onus on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a, a huge issue we're seeing. Not as much as we used to, but I know it's still out there, especially with obviously stem cells is, is kind of the easy one to point to, but even you know buying – um, you know, Botox and fillers from overseas, yeah. from, from unauthorized sources. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, now you're, you're, again, you're, you're using a non FDA approved, non, you know, medically approved, approved device. And, and, and I imagine that's going to, that's going to cause your insurance carrier to just be like, Oh God, why'd you do that? Or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Because then, you know, because if you put, if you put on there that you're doing Juvederm or you're doing Botox, like, that's Botox. Yeah. Not, yeah. No, not, not botulinism. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Botox, yeah. the brand. Yeah. So the, the, the products, the products that you use, the vendors you select matter as well. Yeah. That's something that I just wanted to reiterate. No, that's, 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 that's really important. I'm glad you did that. Um, so we're, we're, we've been, we're, we're bumping up against time, but I, there's one issue I also want to get into really quick. If, if you just have a quick minute and, and that is we are seeing, and I know you are too, so many providers who own practices that are building or want to build their own training facilities, right? It's like everybody and their brother wants to do training. And, and to, to a certain extent, I think that's great. We, we, the, 
the more qualified, competent trainers we have, the more competent, qualified injectors and providers we're going to have. Um, but um, that side of things, when you start training and you've got models coming in and you've got trainees coming in and and, and giving injections, um, what's the, and, and, and I'm not sure who of you is, is the best to do this, but what's kind of the landscape there? What, what are some things that if, if someone's, you know, dr- driving in their car thinking, I'm about ready to start a training institute, institution or start doing training, what do they need to think about there? And does their normal insurance cover it or do they need extra insurance? What's the, what's the deal? What's the deal there? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say one thing and then I'm going to really uh, let Ed expand on this. Okay. When you are doing a training facility, one of your responsibilities is to the board of medicine, board of nursing, whomever, right? Yep. And if, for example, I have a training facility out in Florida and now I have a doctor from Illinois or, 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 you know, Missouri or wherever coming now, if they are, if, if my training facility is also in a medical center that is thriving, and now I get this doctor to perform a procedure. One of the first mishaps is they're not licensed in that state. Right, right. So, so it's, it's more about, first of all, the threshold in that state. Mm-hmm. What, you know, when you are training, what you're permitting them to do. Yeah. Because if they're coming to do a procedure and something goes long, wrong, it's like, wait a minute. You had an unlicensed, unlicensed mm-hmm. provider, unlicensed nurse practitioner, doesn't matter. You had an unlicensed provider perform a procedure on your per- patient in our state, that becomes a critical. Yeah. Ed, what are your thoughts? Licensing is you know, certainly one of the technical issues that comes into play with training. I see two things um, when I get approached for that. And actually, our core application actually has a question. Do you have a training facility? And the first one is training facility within the spa. Mm-hmm. And that's usually a lower level. That I want to bring some people in. And Sam's point was, who do you train with? You know, what do you, who do you bring in to train with? And your, your, your tendency is to bring in, you know, friends, relatives, people that are like, hey, you know, I, you, I give you a break on the price if you want to sit out, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. That was his point. Th- those are people that... So you have this internal training where they might have one class a month involving five injectors. We, I, I just wrote coverage for someone like that. They only wanted $500 more to do that. Again, that was for, you got a certified in, in trainer mm-hmm. training a Botox injections to like five people a month, 10 times a year, roughly. Mm-hmm. So that's 50 people. The other would be, I want to do it on a bigger scale mm-hmm. and I want to involve multiple products and I, want, I don't want to make it as intimate as bringing people into my place. I want to form a separate company to do training for, mm-hmm. and, and that would be a separate company coverage that we would get for that company to do just that. We see that every once in a while, but the majority of them, the questions that you're probably getting, Alex, are can I train within my facility to my core group of people? Mm-hmm. People come up to me, want me to train them. Yeah. And I, I don't want to form a whole big company to do that. I just want to bring them in here and show them. Right. And so that can just be kind of a, an additional. Yeah, that's an add-on, add-on. basically. And, but that if would it's be a, easy to just add it on. Gotcha. And if it's a whole new company, though, then you're talking a whole new policy. You know, you've got to. You've got to. Yeah, because keep in mind, everything in insurance is always going to be a function of size and scope. 
Mm-hmm. I want to do a small training thing in my facility. Well, that's not a problem. But if I want to do a big thing, okay. then I'm going to need more, you know, insurance and to cover everything. Do, do you have any recommendations for folks who are getting ready to open or, or expand? But let's say you've got some there's there's, you know, so many new entrants to the market. How much should they budget? And I know this is kind of an impossible question to answer, but is there a range you typically give folks uh, for a startup? You're going to need, you know, you're going to be spending between five and ten grand, or ten and fifteen grand. In any, any help there you can give us? Um, uh, you're going to be spending around five thousand dollars, and I'll tell you why. Because you need uh, twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred for the med spa professional, mm-hmm. and then most likely you're going to need a second policy for your space, which is premises liability, mm-hmm. which is going to, which any business owner would buy operating in that space. And it's usually requirement by a landlord for you to be a tenant that you get insurance for the premises. And then also you might have some property, especially if you have PRP machines and laser machines that you need it added on there. That's the real wild card, how much property you need covered. Mm-hmm. But usually it's like 3,500 for the med spot, thousand roughly for the uh, premises and BOP that you need to operate. Most med spas don't need workers comp unless it's mandated or unless they start adding a lot of employees on. And then at that point, it makes sense to have it. Gotcha. This is all, this has all been super interesting. I I, I want to, to end on, um, you know, one thing you you mentioned um, at the beginning was and that we talked about at the beginning was that this is a very hard market that the the prices are going up the yeah. I, I feel like insurance companies are now starting to get kind of wise to what the market is they're getting more experience and as you mentioned there's more claims there's more history um and so but you know when you say that um one of the things that people are going to do is say okay how do i you know what are some tips or what do I need to think about when I'm shopping for a policy in a hard market like this? Or um, I have a carrier that I'm using. It's getting more expensive. I feel like I should go out and shop and, and maybe switch carriers. Um, just kind of taking it globally and and, and, and and we can dig in as much as you want. Um, Samuel, what's the uh, how should folks be thinking about that? And then Ed, I know you've got well, a lot of um, you've, you've got some insight into that as well. I think. I think one thing you should understand is, you know, what is your relationship with your agent? Like your agent is not the carrier. They're not the insurance company covering you. Right. They're representing you. They're the bridge. So the first thing you want to consider is talking to your agent. And if your agent is willing to go look at other markets, look at the opportunity to, to give you a comparative analysis then essentially you don't have to do that work yourself. And that's something that is very misconstrued in the market where, you know, they get upset about something, they see something, you know, it's, it's, it's going again, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and saying, listen, this is too much money for me. I don't deserve this. Can you do something about this? Can we go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. That's something that, or, or ask why, why is this happening? Because it may be as simple as, well, you started stem cell, you know, you started, you added stem cell therapy. Are you really doing it? Are you, are you, or did you just throw it on, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it's a principle of looking at the commitments you're making in your practice and truly, truly disclosing those to your agent and saying like, look, we, we need a solution here because 
There are also different financing options that are available for you to even pay throughout the year so that you're not skimping on one of the most important pieces of your practice. I look at it as the gasoline to a car. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment, the moment you don't have any, that's it. You're done. Like you're, you're leaving yourself to complete full exposure to halt. Mm-hmm. And that's, so it's very important that you have an intimate relationship with your agent. And the second thing I'd love for Ed to touch on is, you know, say you have a client Ed, that's been there for several years and now they're just, that's it. They're leaving. You know, what is, is there like a credibility report? Is there like a credit score report mm-hmm. Ed, where it basically says, you know what, this guy's, this guy's good for it. You know, this, or this, you know, that she's, she's really, um, has never had a claim. She's been with us for five, six years. Is that a thing that matters? That's something I'd question. really love for you to yeah. kind of expand on. It's a good question. Is is there is there a negative impact to to switching into shopping around, especially now? Yeah, that that's what Sam was right in saying that it's our job to make sure that you always are with the best value. The value being the mix between price and coverage. Mm-hmm. We always try to place that in, in there. Also, we're, we're kind of act like either stockbrokers or real estate agents that we have to have the pulse on the market. What company is covering what for when? Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an example, I got a situation that just occurred with a longtime client physician uh, who just got a 30% increase mm-hmm. at renewal. Now, the client is, initial reaction is going to be why and that, you know, what else is out there? Is that right. the best? I have to prove, I have to find out that that's still the best for him even though it's 30%. At the same time, I, I push back and see if I can get the terms better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's my, my job as it. Um, you can't really necessarily do that by saying, well, I'm going to call another agent and see if they can do better because we are all approaching the same markets because, again, it's procedure-driven and we're only going to go to the companies that are covering what you do. Mm-hmm. So we have to – I have a client in New York City, high-profile med spa, that is, uh, you know, they think every year we just go to somebody else that's lower. Yeah. Well, you're, they're, they're with their fourth company now, and, and they're burning through them. You know, like, well, we're going to switch to A to B. B well, to why is that a bad thing? Ed? And well, because then they're going to lose. They don't develop. A, there's no substitute for just sticking with one company, developing a track record with mm-hmm. them over time to the point where now they start rewarding you. Because they have money in the bank, mm-hmm. and they've got they've got a, a track record of success and safety. Yeah, where they can say, right. "All right, you're gonna, yeah, yeah." Wait till the company fires you. You know, before you got to, then you have to make a move. Yeah, and that's usually because there's something adverse that you know they see in you. Or, but um, you're just gonna burn through markets and churn through them. Uh, and you can do that with real estate agents or stockbrokers or, you know, I mean, and always be demanding that you want this or that. But we're going to give you what the market is affording to us. Well, and, you know, you mentioned something when we were offline uh, just, um, that there's no that that the idea of switching for cost while attractive, there's no there's no like silver bullet out there. There's no company out there that you say, said, I think, I think, and, and please correct me. That's, that's just undercutting the market and saying, we're going to do this. We've got such, you know, that, that doesn't exist. It, can you just explain that a little bit? So, so I'm not misstating it. 
well, that that falls into the shopping mentality that there's somebody out there that's going to do better, right. and, and then the, the fact of the matter that there's not. We'll know when the market starts to turn when we start seeing a company or companies starting to be aggressive again with existing business, especially in providing that silver bullet. And the only do, reason why they're doing that is because they want to increase production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they want to increase production because they have a new product, because they under have written it, underwritten it differently or whatever the reason is. And that'll start the development of the soft market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The clients get into the, the soft market, which is I can shop it every year because they're going to be aggressive and they get that mentality. But then when it turns, the property and casualty rates go up and down like this. Mm-hmm. Soft, hard, soft. There's no. You're like, can't you guys just go in the middle somewhere? Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, if they do, then they're vulnerable to somebody coming along and undercutting them. So, yeah. It, it just they react and as more yeah. than be proactive. Awesome. This is great information. Um, I and I hope folks um, that are listening find it to be um, interesting and, and and helpful as well. Um, Sam and then Ed, I'll, I'll I'll give you guys kind of final thoughts. Just you know, what, what do you want to leave uh, leave our listeners with? And then please also make sure you provide some information on on where folks can find you if they if they sure. have more questions or are looking to either switch or get insurance for the first time. Where can they go? Final thoughts is it's it's okay to be overwhelmed. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be confused. Mm. Um, that's why, you know, there are people out there who are passionate uh, that exist that are there to help guide you. You know, so do not be afraid of asking any question. No question is stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I, I, we never want you to regret not asking down the road. So there are never enough stupid questions out there that you could ask to equip yourself really to feel as prepared as you can be and as protected as you can be. Thank absolutely, you. Absolutely. Ed, final thoughts and, and make sure to give, uh, give some contact info or website where folks can find sure. you. Thanks, Alex. Uh, appreciate all the um, support we got from our business partners over the years. And it's been gratifying to see this industry develop to where it's at today. We love startups. We thrive on them. We've been mm-hmm. doing startups since day one. And we're still seeing them. So like Sam said, we're here to help you and bring you into the industry and support you through the industry. And, and the, the key word is protection because we know you're out there, you know, in the jungle, operating <laughs> independently, doing your own thing, feeling mm-hmm. passionate about the practice. So we're Wellness Medical Protection Group. We've all been, it, it come from this type of environment, you know, entrepreneurs and putting together and helping each other out. And our website address is wmpg.insure. Okay. And you can, you can, uh, you can go there and um, find a number of ways uh, and information to contact us, either through free consultation, which is very popular right now, downloading uh, what we call the startup package, mm-hmm. which is um, basically the two products I was talking about, the premises liability to get in your space, and then the professional liability to start operating uh, and we're always available at that at that location um, to support uh, your efforts, whether you're a startup or whether you're an existing business. 
That's awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, such good information. Um, you know, it's one of those things like with, with attorneys, it's like, you don't want to, people are, are kind of nervous about talking about it, but the, the more you talk about it, the sooner you talk about it, the better. So, um, everybody needs to go now. If you don't have an insurance agent or, or someone who can help you now you do. Um, and again, appreciate you, 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 you both joining me and we'll, we'll have you back real soon to, to get some updates. All right. Sounds Thanks, great. Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Ed Kuhn, licensed agent at WMPG Insurance, and Dr. Samuel Augustus, managing partner at WMPG Insurance. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.